because I'll, I'll introduce and then you uh, you start it. Okay. Welcome back to Sports Headlines, everybody. The most authentic place in sports. I'm here with Sean Davis, uh, my co-host, to explain why uh, Dan Green thinks that the Blazers are a bigger threat to the Lakers than the Pelicans or the Memphis Grizzlies. Sean, uh, why is that? Okay, so really quickly, this is just his quote. This is what he said. Um, he said, I wouldn't say that we fear anybody, but if we were to choose to have a first-round matchup, I think we probably lean away from Portland. They have more experience. They have Dame, CJ. They have a lot more threat, a lot of threats. They have a lot of experience. I'm not saying those other teams don't have threats, but they're a bit younger. Memphis is very young. Fans and the media want to see the New Orleans matchup. Of course, they want to see. Of course, they want to see Zion, Braun, AD, and of course, that'd be an exciting matchup for the fans. But for us, realistically, we probably see Portland as more of a threat because of their experience. The other two teams are very good. But your question is for me, Mr. Warner, why are the Blazers a bigger threat? Uh, he should just came out and say it's because of Damian Lillard, okay? Point blank, period. That's all he needed to say. It's because of Dame Dalahala, uh throwing threes at the drama. I mean, that's terrible. That makes sense. But that didn't make sense. But all seriousness, it's because of Mr. Damian Lillard Break them inside my top eight on my top uh, 20 NBA players rankings. Make sure you guys check that out. But, um, but yeah, but it's because of Damian Lillard. We all know in the playoffs, you need either a superstar wing or a superstar point guard in the playoffs. The Pelicans don't got that. Brandon Ingram ain't a superstar yet. He's barely an all-star. The 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 uh, Grizzlies, while I love Mr. John Morant, he ain't a superstar yet. <laughs> They don't got no superstar wing. Portland got a superstar point guard that just murdered them the last time they played, which was on the night they honored Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. The night they honored Kobe, Dane went off like 49. I'm, the, the number may be a little off. But, I mean, you get the gist. It's because of Damian Lillard and because of the necessity in the playoffs to have a superstar point guard or a superstar wing. Warner, you're smart. When was the last time a team won the championship without without one of the two? Probably back when centers were the best players in the game. Like in, in the early 1900s. You could have said you could, early 90s. You could have said 2011 because that Mavericks team didn't have one. But let's just pretend that Mavericks team never existed because we all know that was a fluke I'm playing. But um, but besides that Dallas team, there hasn't been a team in a long time to win a chip without a superstar wing or a superstar guard. It's been a long time. And Danny Green knows that because he's played with Kawhi for most of his entire career. Yeah. So – uh. It's it's because of Dana. He does make up a good point. Portland, if healthy, is a top five team in the West. That's why a lot of people before the season said, hey, don't count out Portland. If Nurkic comes back as somewhat health, and then Melo's been balling this year, right? This 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 Portland team is a top five seed. 
So, of course, I don't, I'd rather not face a top five seed over an eighth and ninth seed team because that's what the Grizzlies are. They've been healthy all year. That's what the Pelicans are. Yeah. Um, yeah, you made pretty much my whole argument. Um, the the Pelicans definitely are are the um, the less experienced team. And now they may have bigger names somehow than, um, than the Trailblazers. I think the NBA is only doing that for, for the money and for the television views. Um, I mean, Damian Lillard single, single-handedly sunk Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George in the Thunder in the first round last year. Um, they don't, there are no slouches. Their, their guard duo is probably one of the best in the league, if not the best. Um, you know, even with a healthy John Wall. Probably the best. Even with a healthy John Wall, I think they're maybe second to um, – Clay and Wall, Steph. Yeah, I, to second to Clay and Steph. Um, I know John Wall and Bradley Beal are a good guard duo, but I think they're they're still um, the the Blazers duo is still better. Um, just in general, uh, offense, defense, scoring, all that. Um, so yeah, you you made all the points. And the Grizzlies, I mean, the Grizzlies are just a talentless roster almost. They have, I mean, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. are two. Upcoming, upcoming. Hopefully for the Grizzlies stars. No, I wouldn't say that, but go in ahead. the league. But I mean, the the Pelicans are more scary than the Grizzlies because they they have more more talent on their roster. I mean, seriously, name 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 the Grizzlies top three scoring options. John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, who's been balling, Justice Winslow, Dylan Brooks. The here's the here's the difference between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. The Pelicans, actually, I'm going to use my, what I always say about the Clippers and the Lakers. The Clippers have the guys that will win six man of the year coming off the bench every single year. While the Lakers have your well-rounded good, probably won't win six man, but really good bench players. And they're deep. The Lakers, I would argue, may be even a little bit more deeper than the Clippers. The Grizzlies are deep. Like I said, you got jaw. Dylan Brooks, Justice Winslow, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Jonas Valanciunas. That's just I'm just ripping those off the top of my head. I don't even look at the roster, okay? And I'm, I know I'm leaving people out, so don't say that don't say that disrespectfulness. But Warren, I want to read off each team's schedule, okay? And if this is not like blatantly clear what the NBA is trying to do here, if you don't think it's blatantly obvious, I'm punching you through the screen. Here's the Grizzlies schedule. You got Portland, San Antonio, New Orleans, Utah, OKC, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. Let's go to Portland. You got Memphis, Boston, Houston, Denver, Clippers, Philly, Dallas, Brooklyn. Hmm. Those are two pretty tough schedules, wouldn't you say, Warner? Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think I can agree with that. Yeah. Let's look at the Pelicans. You got the Jazz, the the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Kings, and the Magic. If it's a blatantly obvious, I mean, honestly, they can li- they can pretty much go undefeated in this next stretch. If, if, if they don't win six games, <laughs> they suck. They suck. Are you kidding me? How many times did I say the Kings? You face the Kings twice. 
you you face the Spurs without Lamarcus Aldridge. I forget. I, I believe he said he's not playing it in Orlando. You're facing the Wizards with only Bradley Beal and a bunch of high school basketball players, or not, not even high school. You have a bunch of JV players on that on that team, and you got the Magic who are in the West. They wouldn't even be in the bubble right now. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh! Stop it! Stop it! The Grizzlies. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost every game. I'm being straight up. Grizzlies could lose every game. Every game. Um. It's, and, and, I think it's it's a very unfair kind of uh, situation that the Blazers are in. Um, they've been counted out. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they somehow managed to get in just because I think Damian Lillard is that big time and CJ McCollum is is um, a, a really probably top five shooting guard in the league. So, um, you know, <laughs> you're thinking of the top five shooting guards right now. I think he's got to be. Harden, Harden Beal, Booker. But, Clay, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, Antonio Brown! Breaking news. It's not really breaking, but Antonio Brown uh, retires from the NFL again uh, <laughs> on Twitter. He said, "This is his quote: Is it time to walk away? I done. I'm done. I done. Checked everything." In the game, so uh, oh wait, 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 I'm sorry. He says also at this point the risk is greater than the reward. Thank you, everyone who's been part of this journey. I sincerely thank you for everything. Life goes on. Eighty four. I came. I saw. I conquered. Mission complete. Call, call God. Okay, first off, A B is the Conor McGregor of the NFL. It's official. How many times can a guy retire? I don't even care anymore. But anyway, point being, the NBA, stop being blatantly obvious that you want the Pelicans. Just say it. Just Adam Silver, just come out and say, we, we would like the Pelicans and the Lakers to play in the first round. Um, we want to see AD go up against Zion. I mean, yep, Zion. Um, that's what we want. It's going to happen. If you go against it, you will I mean, be fired. Here's... <laughs> Here's the, here's the thing. They could have given the uh, Trailblazers an easier schedule as well. But um, instead, they just said, you know what? We're going to sacrifice. The, the Blazers are more talented than the Grizzlies, but the Blazers could lose every game too. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they're just – man, um, wouldn't it be so fun to see the Blazers and the Pelicans make it? Because then everybody except for whoever got bumped out. Uh, would be would be happy, <laughs> really. I mean, can, I mean, wait, really quick, way? really quickly, really quickly. Who's the seventh seed? The Ma- oh yeah, the Mavericks. Mavericks pretty much clinched their spot. They're they're eight games. I mean, they're ten games above the uh the uh not the the Blazers and the Pelicans. So kind of safe to see that the the, the Mavericks are pretty much safe. So yeah, it looks like we're only gonna be we're only gonna be getting one team. But uh well here here's I think I think this actually teaches a valuable lesson. Um no matter who makes it, I think you know the Pelicans or not the Pelicans, the um well, I mean both these teams, the Port, Portland and New Orleans got off to slow starts. Um and Portland really started to heat it up late. Portland but, was because of injuries. Yeah, yeah. But you lost so, Nurkic, you lost Ronnie Hill, you hood, you lost Zach Collins. 
and more. So Portland owes more injuries. And Portland was healthy. Well, you, still, you yeah, you still though you can't you can't um, you know say you know we'll just wait later in the year we'll make a comeback once all these guys you got to keep pushing you got to keep fighting. I'm not saying that they were not uh, you know trying their hardest and playing their best, but um, you know it's it just teaches you to n- never take stuff for granted. Um, you know, some fantasy owners last year, speaking of our fantasy draft coming up um, tomorrow, actually, Jose Ramirez, Ramirez of the Indians always seems to turn it on, like, a little bit before the All-Star break, and he just goes on a tear afterwards. He did not do that so much last year, and, and he was kind of a disappointment to those who, who drafted him high up, expecting him to be, you know, that 30 home run, 30 stolen base guy uh, anchoring third base for him. So uh, you can really, you can never take things for granted and, and never say, you know what, I'll do it later or I'll heat up later or we'll be fine in the long run because, um, you know, that, that that doesn't really happen in, in the world we live in. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's wrap this up. Our next topic on Sports Headlines will be, we'll be doing AFC North off-season, uh, I guess, grade review over you i don't know what you would call it but again thank you guys for watching sports headlines and listening to sports headlines the most authentic place uh we'll play an ad if you listen to us on Spotify, anchor.fm and many more the fantasy foot baseball sports headlines draft is tomorrow so make sure you guys come back to the sportscaster and check it out warner see you guys in the next topic thank you guys for watching or listening happy birthday to me yay It's official, baby. I got the helmet. Okay. Hello. Welcome back to Sports Headlines, everybody. There's still my thing there. Okay. No, go ahead. Anyway, welcome back to Sports Headlines. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on Sportscaster. Leave a like on the video. Uh, Yeah, watch us on YouTube. the, our handle for YouTube, Twitter, and it will be down in the chat for you guys in the description below if you're listening to us on our podcasting platforms. Um, it's a big week. Uh, it seems like we've been saying that for the last two weeks, but it really is uh, another big week. Warner, like you've seen, you've seen the schedule. Like it, it's, it's jam packed. It's jam packed this week. Uh, we got CBS Sports Radio. Uh, da- uh, Writer David Shepard on with us here at four o'clock uh, Eastern time. That will not be on Sportscaster um, tomorrow. Fancy Baseball Draft will be live streamed here on Sportscaster. But Wednesday, Tom Green podcast. We'll talk some college football, and then Adam Taylor, Celtics uh, writer on Celtics blog, will be joining us as well. And on Thursday, NKU or Northern Kentucky University assistant uh, head assistant coach for their uh, men's basketball program will be joining us as well. 
And that's all that's confirmed for right now, because there's some more stuff that can be coming your way either this week or next week for sure. But anyway, I've been rambling. Uh, Warner, welcome back to the show as always. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Um, you know, we did right after the draft, I did my own reaction to the draft. Uh, and that's on YouTube if any of you all want to watch it. I gave my various grades, winners and losers of the draft, but um, now we're doing basically cumulative offseason. That's coaching, players, the draft, signings, free agency, franchise tag, coming off injury, every everything that you could possibly imagine, and basically seeing who prepped themselves the best um, or adjusted the best for next next season, assuming we have them. So. Um, we're starting here with the ASC North. Sean, let's go. Let's start off with the Bengals. They had um, some big names. They signed ten players um, to contracts, as uh, including four or five corners, to um, hopefully for them to solidify their uh, defensive backfield. So, Sean, what was your reaction to the Bengals um, offseason? Okay. Uh, my Bengals offseason, if we're going like, oh, I'll start with the draft. If we're going off like the first two rounds, the Bengals might have had the best first two rounds in the entire draft. You get, you get Joe Burrow, not the best overall player in the draft, but you have a needed quarterback, you get the, first, you get the best one. Um, and then you get him a new toy to play with in T. Higgins, which I think for him to be the second round, I, I had him as a late first round pick. Um mm-hmm. So I think that was a steal, you know, like that last, like the end of the first, sec- I mean, the end of the start of the first, second round, Jesus, start of the second round. It's been like just a continuation of the of the first round and so on and so forth. So, um, so yeah, I love, I like the first two picks. Everything after that was kind of meh. Um, mm-hmm. The rest of the draft was meh to me. Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis, guys that were fine picks. Gallic Kareem has potential, fine. They kind of sort of try to like solidify the offensive line depth with the team, a dingy, and you got another linebacker and Marcus Bailey with seventh round pick. And then like in signings, they go on and get DJ Reader on a four-year $53 million uh deal. What's up with the Cincinnati teams this year? Since like Cincinnati teams typically don't spend that much money in free agency. Hey, I'm cool with it. And then the Reds and the Bengals just go all out this year. The, I do like the Reader and uh, Trey Wayne's pick. The rest of your free agency picks were meh, just like their draft. Uh, they did lose Tyler Eifert. Completely understandable, though. Injury concerns. The Billings loss is fine. You replace him with Reader, who's a better player. Um, so the, and you do bring back A.J. Green on a franchise tag for almost $18 million. So my grade, I would have to give the Bengals is a C plus or a B minus. Like the the top the top part of their I don't know what just happened. The top part of like their uh, draft and their free agency was great, one of the better ones. But after that, it was really meh to me. So I'd give it a C plus or a B minus. Yeah, um, I think their their best signing was the receiver Mike Thomas. Uh, no, I'm playing um, Mike Thomas, not to be confused with Michael Thomas. Um, he was a sign on one year, $850,000 contract. He's not one of the top ones. But, um, yeah, the DJ Reader is a good replacement. He's 26 years old. They got him on a four-year deal. 
with, uh, with potential two year out. So um, they got him until he's age 30. Um, they got Trey Waynes for three years until his age 31 season. Trey Waynes is not a number one corner by any stretch of the imagination, but um, if they hope that William Jackson and they still think William Jackson can be that type of number one corner, then um, they've got they've got a good, a solid number two corner. They also signed Kenzie Alexander, who I really like, um, also from Minnesota. So they have really Minnesota, two of Minnesota's top three corners now on their roster. And then uh, Von Bell to uh, solidify strong safety. Um, Sean Williams was kind of up and down, wasn't a really great player. So they got him until his age 28 season. He's still 25 years old, um, three years, $18 million. And they have a one year out with him. And then the offensive line to protect Joe Burrow with Xavier Suofilo. Um, the guard from Dallas. So I think overall it was a good free agency signing. Uh, we all know what happened in the draft with um, Joe Burrow and then and then um, Higgins. I think they had a, a good a good free agency. I'm actually going to give them a B plus. Um, I like I like that they got their franchise quarterback. I like that they got a guard for him to um, work with a little bit. Now that's not saying they have a good offensive line, but that's saying they have a better offensive line. Um, and then I like the fact that they got the corners and solidified their secondary um, to kind of keep them in game so that Joe Burrow can work. And then they got him um, Higgins, of course. And then with AJ Green and Ogden Tate, Tyler Boyd, those those guys are um, pretty solid players in their own right. So I think they did a lot to um, better their future. Now, if those you know those these picks could easily uh, not pan out and be just uh, bad free agency signings or bad picks. But um, that's it's the same for every team in the NFL. So I'm going to say they had overall a pretty good um, offseason, but I don't expect them to compete in the regular season. Yeah, I don't expect them to compete either. Next up, the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to let you uh, start with this one. They mutually part ways with John Dorsey. Mutually part ways. Man, they fired John Dorsey. Um, <laughs> but they let go of John Dorsey. Fire Freddie Kitchens. They bring in Andrew Barry, 33 years old, and they bring in Kevin Stefanski, uh, the former Minnesota Vikings uh, offensive coordinator. And we, especially me, have talked very highly of what Stefanski can do for this Browns team. Uh, Warner, what are your thoughts on the Browns offseason? Yeah, so uh, we mentioned uh, Billings from the Bengals. He went to the Cleveland Browns um, to be one of their top defensive tackles. And then they had they signed Jack Conklin and uh, drafted um, Wills from uh, from the draft. So they got two brand new tackles. Um, now with the lack of the offseason, that could prove to be uh, an actually like an indictment against them, and they might not uh, mesh. First of all, it take uh, or uh, first it, it takes it takes an offensive line a while to kind of mesh together and get that chemistry going. And actually successfully protect the quarterback on on each and every down. Um, but I like the Jack Conklin signing from Tennessee, three years, 42 million until his age 29 season. Then they got Austin Hooper. I think they paid up for him a little bit, uh, pay him 10 and a half million a year. And they have a three year out. So they'll have him until his age 29 season. They shored up the defensive line a little bit by getting Adrian Claiborne. They already have Miles Garrett. So Claiborne won't really have to be that top tier uh, pass rusher that leads their team in sacks or even leads their team in pressures. So I think that's a good fit for them. Um, and then the rest of them were just one-year contracts with Kevin Johnson, the corner from Buffalo, 
Andrew Billings, Carl Joseph, the strong safety from the um, Raiders, uh, B.J. Goodson from Green Bay. He's not too great, obviously, if Blake Martinez could start over him. Anderson Dejo, JoJo Madsen, Richard Higgins, two receivers to, um, you know, if a team manages to shut down Odell and um, Jarvis Landry and, and Austin Hooper, then they have two, two decent receivers uh, behind them to uh, make plays. So I think they put themselves in a really good position. I can't actually see them competing with, um, you know, shoring up the offensive line. That's always going to help. Making your defensive line better, that's always going to help. Um, and then, you know, with those two running backs, adding a little bit depth to receiver, um, getting a top-tier tight end who doesn't have injury concerns like David Njoku, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good offseason. I'm going to give them an A offseason. Yeah, the Browns are one of my winners of the offseason. Uh, I'll start off with the grade and then go on my explanation. I give the Browns also an A. Uh, I'll start off with the draft again. You get the best offensive tackle in the draft, in my opinion. I like I like Thomas. I like Worfs, but Jedrick Wilkes is the best offensive tackle in the draft. Then you get a steal, like a highway robbery in the second round with Grant Delpit. Uh, Toss-up between him and McKinney, really based off your preference for the best safety in the draft. Both of them fell in the second Antoine, round. Antoine Winfield as well. Um, yeah. Right Although he's more of a free safety kind of guy. Yeah, all three fell in the third in the second round, even though Winfield's probably going to be a second round guy. McKinney and Delpin definitely could have went first round. Um, so that was an absolute steal. And then you go get like Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think they can really use on that team. And then first team, like with the major coaching change, you bring in Kevin Stefanski, who again, I have just absolutely raved about how uh, Kevin Stefanski is going to help not only Baker Mayfield, but the entire offense in general, because it's going to free up Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Um, who, by the way, Odell's about to, he's, he's about to go crazy this year. I'm just warning y'all. But um, you give Baker a little bit more of a stable offensive line, um, which they really made sure they uh, took care of. And here's the big thing. They didn't really lose anybody major. Maybe the Joe Sherber. I mean, like, I mean, who got, I mean, De DeMarion Sandal, uh, Randall, is that who we're going to say? I mean, you look at the roster, they're bringing almost everybody back, and they got better. They're, they're poor man's Ravens that we're about to talk about in a little bit here. But, man, this Browns team, I love their offseason. They get an A. Yeah, um, to add off of that, I think uh, Baker Mayfield threw some like 19 interceptions on on just straight up drop back passes. 19 of his 22 interceptions or something like that um, on on just straight up drop backs. And with Kevin Stefanski, you're going to be running the ball most of the time, or either running the ball or doing play action most of the time. You're not going to have very many, you know, single back I formation um, shotgun just straight drop back drop backs and pass. And then, you know, adding the offensive line, even when um, that's going to basically, that's going to help when they do do the straight back uh, drop backs. And then with the two running backs, it's, it's going to really improve the pass, uh, the play action game. And as you said, man, Odell Beckham Jr. I think is going to go off this year because just, you know, play action shots to Odell and then Jarvis Landry, if he's not open underneath, that's, that's extremely hard to stop. 
Yeah, Warner, would you like to introduce the next team to Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, um, so let's go to the Steelers. They, they had a pretty quiet offseason. They only uh, got four people, um, four, three people, and they re-signed uh, one of them. So, um, Sean, how do you feel about the Steelers offseason? Yeah, so let's start off with the draft. Well, first off, they didn't have a big draft because they traded their first-round pick uh, for uh, Minka. Yep. Yep. So I, if Minka's your first-round pick, hypothetically, or theoretically speaking, not hypothetically, if Minka's your first-round pick, like the Cardinals' second-round pick would be D-Hop. My gosh. They yeah. were the Texans. We'll get that in a later video. But you look at their look at the draft. Nothing really just like pops out at you and say yay, yippee, uh, like 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 your like your bank account does. So you get that check from your from your uh, job for the first time. Like your bank account just like screams yippee. Um, but they they had a solid but quiet draft this year. Um, yeah, so you get Clay, you get Chase Claypool. Clay Pool, um, who I think is going to be a nice addition to an offense that I think is going to desperately need some more weapons for Big Ben Roethlisberger. Who I think if if he if his arm just looks like Drew Brees' arm, then I think this could be potentially one of his last years in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but this the draft was just meh. Uh, and then you look at their free agency. You get Eric Ebron, who I actually really liked that pick for them, from that pick up with them. And like the Browns, did they really lose anybody notable? I mean, yeah, Sean Davis. You did lose yeah. him to the Redskins, Artie Burns, the Browns. But nobody, like, major. But you bring in uh, Stephen Woodson. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. And the Chiefs try to solidify the offensive line depth, especially a guard. Eric Ebron, definition of a quiet free agency or an offseason. They get a C. And this Steelers team, I, I think really quickly what this offseason shows me from this Steelers team is they feel if Big Ben was healthy last year, they are a playoff team. That's what this offseason tells me. And they, they look really confident in that. So I'm going to give them a C. Very, very quiet, meh. But this tells me that they were very confident. If Big Ben plays last year, they're contending. Yeah, um, I actually like their offseason a lot more than you did. As you said, they didn't really lose a lot of people. I'm going to start with the free agents. I think Eric Ebron was a very good pickup for him. He's a tight end who can stretch the field vertically and isn't a, isn't isn't too bad of a blocker. Um, and then you had you signed Derek Watt, the fullback, and I know that's not a very flashy signing, and they may have uh, paid up for him, but he's kind of like a flex fullback tight end. Um, he played for the Chargers last year, and I think he's going to do wonders for James Conner in that running game. Going his brother, TJ. I think, yeah, I think they're going to um, be very successful with, with him in the backfield along with their, their running backs. And then I think Chase Claypool was a great pickup. Um, he's kind of a, a wide receiver tight end. He's 6'4", 238. He's age 22. He's got uh, he's got large hands. He's got an 80 inch wingspan, a 40 and a half inch vertical leap. And now remember, I said 6'4", 238. He runs a 4'4", 240-yard dash. Remember when we were talking about Derrick Henry and how he's so big? 
he's about the same weight as as Chase Claypool, 240 pounds. And and Claypool runs like a full tenth of a second faster than Derrick Henry at a 4.42. That's ridiculous. And I think he's really going to be that vertical threat that they need. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a, a pretty good receiver in his own right, but he's not really a vertical guy who's going to take the top off the defense. I think that's what Chase Claypool can do, being your big guy, your big receiver, your jump ball receiver, guy who can take the top off the defense. Um, it's sort of think of it like, you know, um, for other NFC North fans, A.J. Green or Chase Claypool can be your A.J. Green and then Marvin Jones Jr. back when he played for the Bengals is sort of like your Juju Smith-Schuster. He's going to he's gonna be a, a productive receiver. He's going to make catches. He's going to have a lot of yards. He's going to have a lot of touchdowns. But he's not going to be the main focus because you need to limit the um, the speed and the, and the physicality and the height of this hybrid receiver tight end in Chase Claypool. I think he's also going to give them a lot of different formation sets. They can run the eye uh, or, or some some sort of an eye or an 11 – or sorry, or a 22 personnel with um, Derek Watt and then Claypool and, and another tight end like Vance McDonald. Um, and, you know, I think it's just, it's going to allow Mike Tomlin to be very creative in, in the offense. And then defensively, you know, they they, they got um, Jordan Dufield, who's really just a depth piece to replace the Sean Davis loss. But, um, you know, they, they tried to shore up their offensive line by signing, signing um, Lisinski. And they got Ebron and Watt and then drafting Claypool. It's They're going to have a very dynamic offense, assuming Ben Roethlisberger can actually throw and throw accurately and well and far downfield. Yeah, so next final team in this video, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to let you start because I, I, I might just rant or not rant. Uh, what's the positive rant? I don't even know what that's called. But um, Baltimore, no major coaching changes. It's crazy. Just two years ago, we were saying John Harbaugh's job is on the line. And two years later, the Ravens are, and we talked about this on our guilty on an episode with Guilty as Charged podcast. Make sure you guys go check that out on our YouTube channel. Um, um, the Ravens may have the perfect roster. Now, if you want to be nitpicky, maybe the right receiver depth is questionable in linebacker, but they did they did address both the so Warner. Oh, my gosh. The Ravens, first of all, they didn't lose anybody, and they got better. So what's your take on the Ravens? Yeah, um, so they re-signed Jimmy Smith. They re-signed Anthony Levine. They re-signed Chris Moore. They re-signed Fernell McPhee and Jihad Ward. So, um, you know, McPhee is one of their outside linebackers, along with Judon, that um, they they really, they, they you know, get to the pass rusher or get to the quarterback, sorry, um, as a pass rusher. Chris Moore is more right wide receiver depth. And now all these guys are signed to one-year contracts. Um, but, you know, it, it's just giving them financial security. So they didn't wrap themselves up in long, drawn-out contracts that, you know, maybe they don't want to play for one or two years. But uh, the market demanded them that they sign them for four years and a boat ton of money, a boatload of money. So um, I, I'm, they didn't have too many bad contracts. They signed Derek Wolf from Denver. I think he's a pretty solid defensive end. Um, and then they got DJ Fluger. He may or may not start for him. But, um, you know, he, he got signed to a one-year, just over a million-dollar contract. So I think they, they're going to have a very good, um, very, very good sort of, um, you know, cohesion of their team and going to get on, off to a hot start with all the familiarity in that locker room. And then the draft, 
Um, an outstanding draft. They they were one of my um, draft winners, I believe, in, in the video. Um, no, you didn't. That's why that's why I killed your video. Uh, they were not. You had like Denver, was Denver, the Chiefs, and somebody else. It might have been the Bengals. No, it wasn't the Bengals. It was somebody else. Yeah, they were a runner-up. If, if I would have had a fourth or a fifth spot, then I would have gave it to them. But um, you'll hear my reasoning in, in that video. I think they had a very they had a very good draft, um, especially drafting the linebacker Patrick Queen, um, to you know sort of replace the loss of C.J. Mosley going to the Jets. And I think their only weakness is that receiver. They have Marquise Brown. He didn't play a large percentage of their snaps last year, but he is a very fast, very deep threat centric receiver. And then um, Willie Sneed is a is a good slot guy. He's going to make catches. Um, he's not going to turn it into much after the catch, but he is um, he's a reliable receiver, so I think they they're gonna have uh, get off to a hot start due to all the cohesion, and they're gonna stay on that hot start, maybe go fourteen and two again. I'm gonna say this now; it may change by the time we're done with this series. The Ravens won the offseason, and I'm looking at the drafts on the free agency. It's not close. Where to begin? Um, let's start off with that draft. Now let's start off. They traded and got Calais Campbell. First off, that's not even fair, okay? Calais Campbell has been one of the more consistent players at his position for the past, I don't even, how long, I don't even know how long he's been playing. That's, he's been playing in a while. Yes. Um, you get Derek Wolf, like you said, um, Jake Ryan. The free agency was even the best part. They still got Calais Campbell. They were relatively quiet in free agency in terms of like signing players, but the draft, you get Patrick Queen, you get JK, <clears throat> excuse me, you get JK Dobbins, your first two picks are JK Dobbins and Patrick Queen. First off, arguably the best players at their respective position, arguably. Right. I mean, you could say Dobbins was the best running back coming out and you could say Queen I think was he the is. best inside linebacker coming out. So um, I know your Chargers didn't really take Patrick Queen, but they still got a very, a very good linebacker. Murray, I'm fine with that. So, yeah, yeah, Kenneth Murray is a very good linebacker still. Yeah, and then their third round, which was just like a pile, like a pile of picks. Justin uh, Madubicki, defensive yeah. tackle from Texas A&M. You get Devin DeVernay from Texas, who I really like. I think it's going to help solidify that wide receiver depth. Harrison, Ohio State linebacker, Tyree Phillips, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. So they are just at the point in like this third, fourth, and fifth round where they're just feeling the depth, the depth, because they have arguably the best offensive line in football in terms of running back group. They have the best running back group. And then defense, we view them as a top five defense, I believe our ranking was for them. Um, I have the picture put somewhere. Certainly top 10. Certainly yeah, currently top, top 10. And they're just Filling depth, like again, linebacker on defense was probably the biggest concern for me, and they and they feel that <laughs> it's not even fair. The Ravens win the offseason, definitely out of the AFC North. Maybe it'll change off the top of my head. Maybe the Buccaneers, maybe, but off the top of my head, the Ravens won the offseason by a large margin. I give them an A plus. I love their offseason. Yeah, they certainly had a very great um, offseason. 
this is going to end up our uh, our AFC North offseason grades. Um, stay tuned for other other divisions and other conferences. Um, I believe the AFC South is next. So um, we got to talk about the skills bag trade. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about that at least twice. At least at least at twice. least twice. At least. Um, so thank you for watching uh, Sports Headlines, the most authentic place in sports. Sorry, I kind of took your took your uh, saying, Sean. But um, stay tuned. Uh, we will we'll be coming out with interviews, as we said all week. Um, it's been about a 50 minute stream, so we will let you all uh, get off to your lives as we will get off to our own lives. Be sure to follow us though. On we our, won't. I we won't. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sports Headline Eight. Um, follow us on Instagram at Sports Underscore Headlines Four, and then watch on YouTube and listening uh, listen on podcasting platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Sports Headline. Um, this has been. The AFC North offensive, uh, or not offense, AFC North offseason grades. Um, peace out.